0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. How many of you would agree with that verse this morning? Man, that was some good worship. You know what's amazing about this place too? This is what's so neat about what God does in this church on a weekly basis is that this is like a wedding facility, you know, like this is not always a church and yet we come in here and we take this place over every week and I'm just telling you, our, our worship team, man, we are so blessed by them, what they do. The, the excellence, the effort that they put into. David Terry, I love you, brother. Thank you. I am so glad that God saw fit to, to allow me to have someone like you, my friend. And, uh, and the team that God has given us, my goodness, Judy is back. Judy gets to singing, and I'm just smiling. I am. I'm just over there going, it's so good. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Welcome to New Song. I'm so glad that you're here. If this is your first time at New Song, my name's Josh. I'm the pastor. And I just want you to know that we're so glad. I don't know what got you here, but we're glad you're here. And uh, we say welcome to you. Also, uh, everyone that's watching online, would you guys help me welcome those guys? Let them know. And also to those of you who are watching, uh, for whatever reason, if you can't be here, we're so glad we can be with you through the internet, but we'd also, if you're ever in our area, please stop by because I'm telling you, this is something to behold and something to be a part of. Presence of God is here. Um, But yeah, if you're here for the first time, thank you for coming. Once you know, we've been praying for you. We're grateful that you're here and we welcome you to our family. We see church as a family and we're looking to grow this family all the time. We're looking to grow it in all sorts of different ways. We want people having babies, growing the nursery. Uh, we, but we want baby Christians. We want veteran Christians. We need them all. You know, I've heard people talk before about how you know the church is a hospital for the broken, and it is. But how many of you know hospitals also need doctors, and they need custodial people, and they need it? So everybody's got a place to do the assignment God's called us to do in healing and helping a hurting World, So uh, find your place and get planted. And by the way, I I talked about our worship team. One of the things that you don't see them do every week is like, none of this is here. They have to set all this stuff up. And uh, and we have such an incredible team led by the beautiful Jake Lippert. And uh, so... Yeah, we're looking for more people. I know we, we just got a few more months left in here of this setup and Teardown, but in that process, we want to finish strong. And we're still looking for a few people to help us out with setup Up and Teardown, with our production team. So if you are looking for a place to get planted in this church to serve and use your gifting and, and work and help build the kingdom of God here, that's a great place, and they'll talk to you more about that at the end. All right? Well, we're in a series called Suddenly. Everybody say Suddenly. suddenly. And we're talking about how the God that we serve is a God of the suddenly. That all through the Bible, we see God showing up suddenly in people's lives, showing up with suddenly coming to people with favor and with blessing and with healing and with wisdom and direction. And and since He did that in the past, since we see that all throughout the Bible, we know that He'll continue to do that because He's the same God from the Bible as the same God of today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if He shows up suddenly in the past, He's going to show up suddenly in our lives, so we know that to be true. And so we've been talking about, you know, what we need to do to get ourselves in the best possible position to receive the suddenlies God has for us. And that's kind of where we started. We started by talking about the posture of suddenly. Uh, last week, my wife Sarah did an amazing job yeah. talking about uh, what is what was the name of your tip message, man. So good, I can't remember the title. It's not the promise of suddenly. The peace of suddenly. There it is. I heard it three times, people. And I listened to the podcast, and I still couldn't remember the title. Things happen up here, my friends, I'm telling you. But she talked about how peace is something that the enemy wants to steal from you, right? See, I was listening. And, and we have to fight for it. As crazy as that sounds, you've got to fight for peace. God's given us authority in this world. We live in a broken world. Yes, Jesus has made a way so that we can be fixed and free, but we still live in a broken world. This world's still got a curse on it. And if we're going to overcome that stuff, we got to take up the authority God's given us. And so she talked about how to do that. If you missed either of those first two weeks, I'd encourage you to make sure you go back and listen to that. today, I want to talk to you about the problem with suddenly. Everybody say the problem problem. with suddenly. suddenly. Okay, so real quick, show of hands, if you're in here today and... From the beginning of this this series, maybe even into last year, you've been believing God for a suddenly, and you've already seen God show up in suddenly in your life. If you would, would you lift up your hand? Let me see your hands if that's you today. Look at these hands. Look around the room, everybody. See, lots of hands are going up. That's really awesome. Okay, now, put your hands down. Now, everybody be honest. Be honest. Those of you, maybe you're believing God for a suddenly, and you haven't seen the suddenly take place yet. If that's you... Lift up your hand. Everybody look around. Lift your hands up. Be honest. Some of you. Okay. Therein lies the problem with the suddenly. See, the problem with suddenly is suddenly doesn't always happen as suddenly as we want it to. <laughs> it doesn't always happen as quickly as we want it to. And there's, there's, there's oftentimes, there's a, there's a season between w- receiving the promise and seeing the promise come to fulfillment. There's this middle place. That we find ourselves in. And it's important that we win in the middle. That we, I'd call it the season of waiting. And and I'll say like this we gotta win in the waiting. Because what the devil wants to do is he wants to get you in that in between season, in that middle season, in that waiting season. He wants to get you to let go of the promise. He wants to get you to lose faith and to surrender because he knows he can't can't stop you. And he can't stop the promise of God from you. But what he can do is trick you into stopping yourself from receiving the promise. Because if he can get you to let go of the promise, you won't have it. If he can get you to let go of the suddenly that you're believing for in faith, then you'll never experience the suddenly. And so what's important, we have got to learn to win in the waiting. But here's, here's the problem with the middle season. Here's the problem with the waiting season is that we are impatient people. And we don't like waiting. And let me just tell you, I am leading the call on this one this morning. I am not the most patient person in the world. I don't like waiting. I don't like it. Like it all. I really don't. I know I know patience is something I need to grow in, and I'm trying. I'm working hard. I'm relying on the Holy Spirit because patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It is especially not a fruit of Josh. (laughs) But I find myself in places all the time. (laughs) I think God has kind of crafted my life this way, and I think it's this way for everybody. Where we've got to we got to do some waiting. I, I, I know just in just practical everyday life, some of you can relate to this. You pull into a parking lot. You're married husbands and wives, pulling into a parking lot, Walmart. And I'm pulling into the parking spot. And just so you know, for me, this is how it works for me. As I'm pulling into the parking spot, I am already in Walmart in my mind. Like I am 10 steps down the road. So as I'm pulling into the parking spot, like I'm already like collecting my things. I'm unbuckling. Like this is all happening at once. I mean, it's multitasking is going on. And so I'm doing all that and I'm out of the car and now I'm outside of the car And it's, I think at this moment when I'm outside of the car that Sarah (laughs) recognizes, oh, we've parked now. (laughs) And so, so now as I'm outside waiting, she's figuring out, oh, it's probably a good time to do an Instagram post (laughs) or to reorganize my purse or to do whatever I need to do now. And it's I mean, it's it's amazing how often I'm outside the car going, What are you doing, lady? And here's what's amazing is my kids, all of them, have learned this trait from her. And so now I'm I, like there's times I've gotten out of the car, I've brought things into the house, I've done and they're still not out of the car. And yet this kids still leave tons of trash in the back. So I don't know what they were doing, but They were doing it slowly, whatever it was. And I'm telling you, this is like a gift that I have, Uh, except I will not call it a gift because I don't believe it's a gift, but I have the ability, it's an ability I have to find people in the world who are doing things for the first time ever, and I get behind them in line, like McDonald's, I'm going to McDonald's, don't judge me. I see your little looks. Oh, he goes to McDonald's. Yes, I do. I grew up in the 80s, and I go to McDonald's every once in a while. Not during the fast. But it's amazing. I'll go to McDonald's, and I'm telling you, I can go, like, if you go to McDonald's, you get, you get one of two variations of things all the time. Like, we're not, I'm not perusing the menu. I know what I'm getting. There's a couple of things I'm getting. My order takes all of, I can have a car full of 10 people and I can order in less than a minute. It's easy. But most of the time when I'm in line, the person in front of me, as crazy as it sounds, this is their first time ever. (laughs) They are completely shocked by this process. (laughs) drive through? what? (laughs) They're looking at the menu. They're asking questions. I don't know this, I'm assuming, because there's just, I just don't understand. Are they, are, do they, are they asking if there's raisins on? The, I don't know what they're doing, but they cannot figure this out. And I find that it's not just McDonald's, it's all over the place. I, I go to the airport to get on a plane. No one's ever been on a plane before, apparently. They don't know how this thing works. This newfangled plane doohickey. They don't know how to put something in the overhead bin. They don't know what size something needs to be to go in the overhead bin. And they especially don't know how to get off the plane. I swear to you, every row except for me is completely shocked when it's their turn to get up. Oh, we're okay. Let me go ahead now and f- see if I can figure out this seatbelt thing you taught me about earlier. I don't get it, but it happens all the time. I find myself driving. I, I find every day I find someone who's never driven a car before. I don't even know if they've ever seen a car before. They have no concept of driving, no concept of lanes, speed limits, stop signs. You ever in a stop sign and you're like the only Am I the only one paying attention? Everybody's like, what, what do we do? Okay. But here's the thing. I'm joking, obviously. The problem is not with everybody else in the world, even though I believe that. (laughs) (laughs) The problem really at the end of the day is that I'm a little impatient. And if life isn't moving at my speed, I get aggravated. Okay, but listen up. Something that I've learned that you need to learn. Life doesn't move at my speed. And, and this is even bigger. And neither does God. See, sometimes I think we find ourselves going, hey, God, I'm out of the car, and I'm ready. What are you doing? Like, get your act together, Jesus. Like, what, what? I know you got a lot going on, but come on, let's get unbuckled, get out of the car. Like, I'm waiting for you. No, 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 no. Turn to the person beside you and say, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're it doesn't. We're not going. Hey, God, you need to pick up the pace and run at my pace. No, we adjust to the pace of God. We adjust our race to His pace. Look at this with me. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twelve says this: "Let us run with endurance." Everybody say endurance. endurance. The race God has set before us. So notice, first of all, we're in a race. Every one of us in here, we're in a race. The moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are entered into this race. And notice that the race is an endurance race. It's not a sprint. It's not a dash. It is a marathon that you are in every day. And there's a pace to this marathon that you're running in. Just like you know, if, you've run, if you're running long distance, you don't just run full blast all the time. You don't just run, a, you know, a little slow walk, barely walking pace. No, you, you have to adjust in these, in these races. So how do we know how to adjust? Well, look at what it goes on to say. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So here's the thing. You're running a race, but you're looking to and trusting God for the pace. He's the one that sets the pace. And he doesn't adjust to you. You adjust to him. So even though you may want a suddenly and you may may be asking and expecting it to come tomorrow, that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. That doesn't mean it's going to happen today. We don't get to determine that. That's, that's, that's God. He's God, and you're not. And that's a big one to discover. Hopefully you got that. Like, God's God, and you're not. And he knows better than us. And even though we live in an on-demand world, we do not serve an on-demand God. God is not an on-demand God. And, and even though suddenly are all through the Bible, nowhere in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is there's this, is this idea that just because you want something, it's going to happen tomorrow. That's just not how... It works most of the time, there is a season, there's a waiting season, there's a middle season where you have to win in the waiting, where God is doing some stuff in you and through you and for you, in that season that prepare you for the suddenly. A wonderful example of this is the life of Joseph. Joseph had a suddenly. Remember Joseph? One day, this, this is a true statement. One day Joseph is in prison. By the end of that day, he's the second most powerful man in the most powerful kingdom on the planet. How many know that's a suddenly? That's a pretty good suddenly. But, but, but that, and that was a promise that he had. But do you know how long it took him to step into that? 13 years. And it was during that season between the promise and the fulfillment where God was doing some stuff in him. Preparing him so that when his suddenly took place, he could handle it and he could do what God was calling him to do. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. You're in the season in between. You're in the waiting season. And God wants you to win in the waiting. Because here's the thing, like what's true for Joseph is true for you. If Joseph would have would have let go or would have quit or would have failed in the middle, he would have never had the suddenly. Yeah. Right. We got to win in the waiting. We got to learn to be patient and endure and look to Jesus and trust Jesus to know what to do. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says this. It says don't become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience everybody say faith and say patience. patience. Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice the promises are inherited through faith and patience. Not just through faith, through faith and patience. goes on to say this, verse 13, When God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Verse 14, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. God's saying, Hey, of course I'm going to bless you. Of course I'm going to multiply you. That's who I am. That's what I do. But look at this. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. It wasn't just through faith. It wasn't just believing that God could do it. It was having the endurance to continue to believe that God could do it and hold on during the waiting season before the promise was fulfilled. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance. Everybody say Endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. God has promises for you, but you're also going to have to, you got to have faith in them, but then you got to stand in the season and win in the waiting as you wait for the promise to come to pass. Okay, so I'm going to get super, super practical. and I got a lot for you this morning, so I hope you're ready to take good notes. And if you're not ready to take good notes, what are you doing? Get ready to take some notes. I got like 12 points for you this morning. No joke. So, get ready. But, but I want to talk for a moment about the promises of God and how you position yourself to receive the promises. Here's number one if you're going to get a promise from God, you got to, number one, you got to find it. Right. Yeah. The Bible's full of promises, right. tons of promises for you. Promises related to your finances, promises related to your health, promises related to your marriage, promises related to your children, promises to, related to, to everything you can think of. There's a promise for everything. But in order for you to have faith in those promises, you got to find them. So that means you got to open up the Bible and you got to study and you got you to gotta look at your situation and say, what does God's word say about my particular situation? And search the word until you find something in scripture that resonates with your spirit that God's saying, that's what I want you to stand on. Find it. And then you, number two, you feed on it once you find it. You got to feed on it. And when the Bible talks about feeding on the word, it uses this word called meditate, meditate. And it's not Eastern meditation. It's not, you know, that weird stuff. It's biblical meditation. And biblical meditation, the best way to explain it is to talk about how a cow eats grass, because that's literally the word that's used for, for how we are to meditate on the word. So, you know, we live in Oklahoma. You see cows from time to time out in the field, and they're out there, and they're, they're eating grass, And what you don't know is maybe is what they're actually doing in this process. So when a cow chews the cud, what they do is they take some grass in and they chew it up. And they break it down in their mouth like we do with food. And then they swallow it. But cows have multiple stomachs, right? So they'll swallow this down. It'll go into one of their stomachs. And it'll start to get broken down even more within their stomachs with stomach acid and all that gross stuff that's in their stomach. And then they regurgitate it. Turn to the person beside you and say, regurgitate it. I just wanted to get you to do that, okay? And you did. Uh, They regurgitate it. So they bring it back up. And now they chew on it some more. And it gets broken down even more. And then they swallow it again. And they keep doing this. And the more they do it, the more refined that whatever it is that they're eating becomes. And the deeper it goes into them, the deeper and more stomachs it begins to be processed into. And, And they get, here's the thing, they get every bit of nutrition they can possibly get out of that grass. Well, this is what God wants us to do with his word. He wants us to find that verse that speaks to you. And he wants you to meditate on it. He wants you to chew on it. He wants you to think about it. He wants you to look at it. Put it up in your car. Put it up on your, in your house where you've got to look at it. He wants you to say it. You need to speak it. And every time you do that, you're chewing on the word. He wants you to bring it back up. Keep coming back to it throughout the day. And as you do this, it becomes more refined. And it goes deeper and deeper into you. And it becomes a part of who you are. And it brings fuel and power to your faith to help you to do what God's calling you to do. Can I get an amen? amen. That's meditating on scripture. you got to find the word. you got to feed on it. And then number three, got to act based on it. you got to act based on it. Or in other words, let me say this, you got to obey based on it. Remember what we said in week one of this series? We said faith without action is dead. We're in what's called a walk of faith. Walk is an action. There's actions based on your faith. You take steps believing that God's going to do his part. So maybe for you today, maybe you're believing God. You're suddenly, as you need a promotion at work, And, and maybe what God's inviting you to do is to obey his word, and as you look for promotion is that you humble yourself to serve. You come and you serve in the church. You go into a kid's room or you go help with the set up and tear down team and you humble yourself like we see in the model of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve. Because when you do that, God can lift you up by his mighty hand, which is what the word of God tells us. So you're looking for promotion. The best thing you can do is start serving somebody else. So we're going to obey. We're going to believe God wants to promote me. And so I'm going to do what his word tells me to do in, a, in, in agreement with that. Or I'm believing God for financial breakthrough. I believe God. I want God to bless me and take care of me. And so God says, I want you to tithe. And you say, oh, uh, no. But I still want you to bless me. And God says, no. It don't work that way. Do you really trust God or not? Faith without action is? See what I'm saying? Or maybe you're believing God for God to, to do something in your life. Maybe there's a, there's a promise that you see that you want to see fulfilled in your life. What's God inviting you to do right now that says, I believe so much in that promise, I'm going to start taking steps like it's already been fulfilled? Yeah. I remember when, when Sarah and I were believing God for our first child. And through, long story short, but for over a year, we'd been trying to have a baby and we weren't having a baby. Yeah. And, uh, and so we found a verse that says, He makes the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. And that's the verse we found and it resonated with us. We said, okay, we're grabbing onto that verse. We got a little book that we read, we studied, we went through that talked about how, about different women who'd been, who'd received healing from this and, and have had babies and, and we just begin to grow our faith in the promise of God. And so we got fully convinced God was going to give us a baby. And so then we begin to go, okay, what can we do now? What can we do right now? Well, we were living in our home. We had a room that we knew we wanted to turn into a nursery, but right now it's just a junk room that we just threw stuff in. And so we we decided we were going to start planning for a baby. And at this time, for us to have a baby, we had really bad insurance. It was going to cost us $7,000 to have a baby. And then we went into this room and, and we decided, okay, we're going to put together what we want our nursery to look at. We're going to see it through the eyes of faith and we're going to be, begin to believe for it. That God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. So we're going to ask and we're going to think so he can exceed it. So we went in there and we got this blackboard and Sarah drew kind of a picture of the, the nursery in there before it was done. And then she went through Pottery Barn catalogs because Sarah has really expensive taste. And she picked out all this stuff. And I'm, I'm just letting you know, in the natural, this seemed impossible for us at this time. What, what we were believing for with having a baby in this nursery was going to cost us about a third of what we made in a total year. Take, like, complete, not our take home, like our total salary. Like That's where we were. So it was going to take a miracle. But we said, this is what we're believing for, Lord. And we believe that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Even though we're not even pregnant right now, we're going to stand in faith that you make the, the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. And then based on that, you know what I did? I painted that nursery. Yes. I started seeing that nursery with a baby in it. So I painted it. And we would buy clothes. And we'd buy diapers. Yeah. And we weren't, we weren't even pregnant. But we were taking steps of faith because we believe the promise more than we believe the natural circumstances. Yeah. And it was amazing. I'm telling you, Sarah got pregnant, which was in itself one of the most incredible moments of my life, the day she came in with that news. But then just to see what God did over the next nine months. The day we brought Gus home, we paid for that baby in cash. Didn't go into debt over my baby. That's good. And I kid you not, everything that was on that board was in that nursery. Everything. It was a miracle. But it happened because we believed in a promise, and we started walking it out before we saw it. So my question to you is, what are you believing for? And what can you do right now? What nursery can you paint right now? What's that step you can take? So you're going you're gonna to find a promise. You're going to feed on it. You're going to start taking steps in obedience based on it. And then number four, this is important too. You've got to fulfill all the necessary conditions. God is no respecter of persons. We all know that. But he is a respecter of conditions. In fact, you know what God wants more than anything is that you would come to salvation and be saved. But you know there's conditions. In order for you to be saved, you've got to call upon the name of the Lord. Even though Jesus has died on the cross, it's already a done, finished work. It's a finished work. You can receive of it, but you won't receive of it unless you say, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord, which means I'm making him the boss of my life, the Lord. I'm not going to call on the name of the Savior. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord, and I'll be saved. And that's how you receive it. And I'm just letting you know, for every promise, there's a premise. There's a condition to what God wants to do in your life. And the condition may be to give. The condition may be to forgive. The condition may be to to submit. The condition may be to restore. Whatever it is, do it. Whatever it is, do it. What's the necessary condition? What may, may be the thing that you haven't fulfilled, that you need to fulfill, that helps God give you the promise? So there's your little bit on promises. Now, maybe you're there. You're going, okay, Pastor Josh, I'm with you. But I'm there, like I'm in. I've done all these things, but I'm still in that season where I'm waiting. What do I do in the waiting? Well, I want to talk about winning in the waiting. Okay, how we're going to win in the waiting? I got four things for you this morning. Four more things, and we're going to use the acrostic WAIT W A I T to to do this. I know Sarah is happy right now. This is right up her alley. All right, wait W A T. How do you win in the waiting? Four things you can do. Number one, you got to worship. You got to worship. The Bible says this in Psalm 34, verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say, at all times. His praise shall continually, continually, continually be in my mouth. Notice, not in my mind. Not enough to just think it. You got to be in your mouth. You got to spit it, you got to get it out. Now, what's interesting about this is when David wrote this, he was in a rough spot. Uh, David was not King David. He was the David that was the waiting waiting to be king. And the king that was on the throne wanted to kill him. And so David is in this in-between season. He's in a waiting season, waiting to see the promise of uh, and, of walking in the fullness of the anointing that God's called him to coming to pass but he ain't there and he's kind of in a rough spot so he's running from King Saul and he ends up in this city this Philistine city called Gath and he ends up in front of the king of Gath and while he's there he overhears some Philistine people and they're talking about him and they're like you know when you see somebody out and you're kind of like that looks like that looks like Tom Cruise (laughs) is that Tom Cruise I don't know why would Tom Cruise be in Oklahoma City but this is going on. These people are like, I think that's I think that's David. Isn't that the guy that killed the our Philistine champion Goliath? Like, what why would he be in Gath? Like that doesn't that look like him? You've you've heard you've heard the song, right? Saul's killed the thousands it's like top 40. Saul's killed the thousands. But David is telling, I think that's the, I think that's the dude right there. And so David overhears him. And he starts freaking out like, oh no, like I'm in, I'm with these people. I've done damage to them. They ain't going to like this. And so you know what he does? He starts acting crazy. He starts drooling and rubbing himself up against stuff. (laughs) Read the Bible. It's in there. To the point that the king is like, get this weirdo out of here. And it's there. It's there that he pins. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. What does that tell me? It tells me we can bless the Lord at all times. If David can do that in that place, man, I can bless the Lord. Let me, let me give you a couple of reasons why you should bless the Lord. Number one, he's worthy. He's worthy of your praise. If you can think of nothing else, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, made a way so you could have a relationship with God. That's enough right there. If that's all he ever did for you, that's plenty, right? second reason why you can worship God at all times is your worship helps keep your faith engaged. When you worship God, your focus is not on you. It shouldn't be. It's on God. And when your focus is on God, you begin to make your problems disappear, and your champion begins to be seen through your eyes, and it builds your faith. And the third reason why is because it will keep the spirit of heaviness from crushing you. So uh, Isaiah 61 verse 3 says this, It says that God wants to give us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Understand this. Young people, I know there's some young people in here. Maybe you're new to the church. There really is a devil. Like we ain't we ain't joking about that. Jesus said there was a devil. It's all it's the devil is real. And I'm not trying to glorify him, but I do want you to recognize he exists. And he has a kingdom of of fallen angels that are called demons that are with him, that are helping him to do the thing he wants to do, which is kill, steal, and destroy you. And so that's why the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These are demonic forces that are coming against you. And here's what these demons want to do. They want to come at you, and they want to find you in the waiting season. Because like I said, they can't, they can't stop the promise, but they can stop you and get you to let go. And so they'll come at you and they'll say, God, i going to do that for you. You're, you're too much of a loser. You've messed up too many times. You've made too many mistakes. God can't. He can use those guys, but he can't use you. You know, your fam- you know what family you came from? There's no way. And He's going to beat you down. And it's a spirit of heaviness. In fact, the Bible, that word heaviness, it actually means a spirit of despair. It's a spirit that's designed to make you do this. You got the promise, but you let go. Because if you let go, there's no suddenly. So God says, I want to give you a garment of praise. It's a garment. The the picture here is it's a full body robe that's brightly colored that God wants to put on you, that covers you from head to toe, that stops the enemy from penetrating your life with these thoughts of despair. But notice it's a garment. And when you read the Bible and it talks about garment, And clothes every time, that means it's something that you got to put on. And yet sometimes we come to worship and we say, man, I just don't feel like worshiping today. And the devil's going, yes, here. Here's some more thoughts for you to get all up in. The devil wants you all up in your feelings because he knows as long as you're all up in your feelings, you cannot feel the peace of God and you cannot feel the joy of God. You cannot feel what God wants you to feel. But the moment that you say, I know I feel terrible right now, but I'm gonna lift my hands anyways. I'm gonna worship you, Lord. At that moment, understand a cloak of covering of the Lord comes upon you that covers you and runs the enemy off and protects you from those thoughts attacking you. Can I get an amen? amen. So you got to worship the Lord. It's so important. It will it'll, it'll do so much for you. In the waiting season, you got to worship. Here's the A, is you got to ask for wisdom. you got to ask for wisdom. Psalms 34, verse 1 says, all right, I read that. Next page. Boom. Ask for wisdom. James 1, verse 14, 4 says this. Let patience, everybody say patience. patience. We're talking about patience, right? Let patience have its perfect word. Uh, Perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, lacking no thing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. This is a really awesome verse. Let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay, so God tells us here that you need wisdom in the enduring season. And if you'll ask for it, he'll give it to you. He says, he promises he'll give it to you. And he doesn't just say, I'll give it to you. He says, I'll give it to you liberally. Liberally means he'll give it to you freely and generously. So God has wisdom for you in the enduring season that he wants to give to you. But in order for you to have it, you got to ask for it. If you don't ask for it, you won't have it. Like the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. God wants you to ask. You got to ask. And when you ask, you invite God's wisdom to come into your life. It's interesting, I've been doing the 30-day the shred deal with a lot of people here in the church where we're reading through the entire Bible in 30 days. And uh, let me just say, I am the poster child for someone who would look at this thing going into it and go, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I read slow, I like to, pro- but I had to go in with a totally new mentality. And I, it's been amazing, it really has. But one of the things I've seen as I've been reading through the Bible is how often in Scripture it talks about these leaders of the Bible and how they inquired of the Lord. Or they went to the Lord and they were, they were seeking the Lord. And what that means is they were seeking the wisdom of the Lord. Uh, there's a story in Second uh, Samuel chapter 21 where the children of Israel are in a famine and they're in a drought. And it's been three years and they're struggling. And, and, you know, this is a culture of people. They don't have water like we have today where you just, you know, turn a faucet on and water comes out. And they don't have all the processes to refine the water they do have. So their rain is a huge deal to them. And they haven't had any. And so their crops are failing, and their animals are dying, and it's getting critical. And after three years, David goes to the Lord, and it says he inquires of the Lord. In other words, he goes to God, and he says, God, what do we need to do? I'm asking you for wisdom. We're asking for... Because understand, all the people are praying for, for rain. They're praying for rain. They're asking God for rain. But David inquires of the Lord. And what's amazing, you read it in Scripture, as soon as he asks for it, God speaks to him and shows him some mistakes that were made by the previous king, King Saul, that need to be rectified. So here they are. They're praying for rain, but really what they needed to be praying for, along with praying for rain, was wisdom to to understand what was keeping the rain from coming. And as soon as they prayed for wisdom, God gave them the wisdom so that they, they could then act based on the wisdom. And when they did that, the rains came. You know, right now we're believing as a church that we're going to be this year, we're going to, we're going to start hitting a thousand people in regular attendance. That's what we're believing for. And we're praying for that. And hopefully you're praying for that with us. We're asking for that. But beyond that, I want you to know, I'm not just praying, God, send us a thousand people. I'm asking the Lord daily, God, what do I need to do? Give me wisdom to be a pastor of a church that can handle that many people. Show us what to do with our teams. Show us what to do with our infrastructure. Show us the people you've already given us, how to, how to use and leverage these people to help grow the kingdom of God in this city and reach more people. I'm not just asking for the thing. I'm asking for the wisdom to handle the thing. You guys tracking with me this morning? you got to ask for wisdom. And listen, God wants you to ask for wisdom. He's not like annoyed, like, you're asking me again what to do? No, there's a, there's a story in 1 Kings chapter 3 where God goes to Solomon and says, ask anything of me. And Solomon says, I want wisdom. And when he asks for wisdom, he, you know what he's asking for? A God-hearing heart. He wants to hear the heart of God so he can follow the heart of God. He wants wisdom and how to follow the heart of God in a greater way. And you know what God says? Here's God's response. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Hear me this morning. It pleases God when you ask for wisdom. He's not aggravated with you. He's he's pleased that you would go to him and you would ask God. I want your wisdom. I want your heart in what to do. But you have not, because you ask not. You gotta ask. So in the waiting season, in that, if you're gonna win in the waiting, you gotta ask. Then that leads us to the next thing, which is the I W A I. You got to incline your ear, or in other words, you gotta listen. You gotta listen. This is over and over again in the Bible. Proverbs four verse twenty. My son give attentions to my my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Proverbs 22 verse 17, incline your ear to hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to knowledge. Over and over again in in scripture, we see God wants to give wisdom, but part of the the, the way we receive it is not just asking, but then you got to listen. You got to take the time to listen. When I was a kid growing up in my little suburban neighborhood, um, we used to play a game. This was like Living on the edge—it's a thrill ride. It was called Ding Dong Ditch. Anybody relate to this one? So me and a buddy—it's like, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna do this. So we, we get go to someone's house and you get ready because like, they could shoot you. I live in no, my neighborhood was nothing like that kind of neighborhood, but you never know. And we ding-dong, and we run off, and we go hide in the bushes. And what we're hoping for is some mom's going to come with a robe and curlers in her hair and be like, you, are kids. Never really happened. Most of the time, no one ever came to the door. But, man, it was an adrenaline rush. But, but I was thinking this week, a lot of us play ding-dong ditch with God. We go to the Lord, and we're like, okay, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom for my marriage and what to do. I want you to show me what it is you want me to do. Ding dong. And then we take off running. <laughs> God, my business is struggling right now. God, show me what to do. Show me how I'm going to do this. Ding dong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, here, okay, here's your really practical word. S- two words. Slow down. Yeah. Like Again, are you adjusting your pace to hear? God didn't adjust to to your pace. Are you adjusting to His? Like, maybe the word for you today is just slow down. Go on a walk. And just, God, would you speak to me? And then just go for a walk and listen. And and, and most likely, while you're on your walk, like, there's not going to be like a donkey that pops out and is like, hey, um... (laughs) Hee-haw, I got a word for you. <laughs> well, what will happen is, you're walking, and you've invited the Lord to speak, and you've quieted things down, and all of a sudden, you get a thought. And it's just God speaking to you, and he's saying, Hey, you need to talk to this person over here, or you need to change this thing, or you need to quit talking to that guy over there, ladies. Turn some things off, turn some music off, adjust your pace to the Lord's. Here's number four, the last thing, W-A-I-T is you're going to take a stand. Ephesians 6 says this, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Okay, so here's the thing. You found the word. You're feeding on it. You're worshiping. You're asking. You're inclining your ear. You're doing everything you know to do to walk by faith. You're, you're, all that stuff, you know what you're doing? You're standing. And God says, you've done all that you know to do. Now what? Stand. Keep standing. Yeah. Keep standing. Here's what that means. Keep doing that stuff. Keep worshiping, even though it hasn't all changed yet. Keep asking God to show you what to do. Keep listening Keep listening slowing down your pace to listen to what God wants to say. Keep digging into the word. Finding scriptures to stand on and believe God over. Keep going. Hold on. We will see the goodness of our God once more. We will continue to pursue, and we believe we serve a God of the suddenly, and we're going to stand firm, and we're going to hold our ground, and we're going to keep pursuing God with everything we have. And here's why. Because if we let go, we miss out. And what you don't know is you may be five years away from your suddenly, but you may be just a few moments away from your suddenly. I heard this story this week about this this guy who lived in california and he had bought a piece of land in this rural area a big piece of land and he was living there and after the first month or so of living there he got his water bill and when it came in he was like you have got to be kidding me like this has got to be the wrong water bill this is so much money and so he called up the company he was like hey i think you sent me the wrong water bill there's no way this is my water bill and they were like dude that's your water bill that's that's it like it's for where you live the cost of water and how much you're using that's what it's going to be and he got off the phone he was like I I can't do this I got to do something so we thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna have somebody come dig a well I got a lot of land there's probably some water out here somewhere so I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig a well so we called in this this company and they came out and the owner of the company started walking around surveying and he came back to me said hey here's the thing you got a lot of land there's several spots that seem pretty promising but but here's the thing. This is like a 50-50 chance at best. We may dig a bunch of wells out here, and we may find nothing. We don't know. But if we go, if we start this, you got to pay us. So we just want to be honest with you. We don't know that you're going to find water, but you got to pay us either way. And so the guy's like, well, you know, I, I can't pay these water bills. I got to do something. And so he says, you know what, let's go for it. And so they start digging wells on this property and and they're hitting nothing. I mean, finding nothing over and over again. Finally, they get to this one area, and it was kind of like the most promising site. They thought this this could be it. And they start digging, and they, I mean, it's it's coming up nothing. And so they're going deep. They've six hundred feet, eight hundred feet, nine hundred feet, a thousand feet down into the ground, way deeper than they normally dig. And they it's still just it's like they're just hitting rock. They break a drill bit. It's just so finally, the, the, the owner comes back to the. The landowner and he says, Hey, I'm sorry, but it, it just looks like we're gonna have to throw in the towel. This we, we've tried, and I don't want to keep spending your money. You know, we've been out here for over a week trying to find water and it's just not gonna happen. And the landowner looks at him, he says, You know what? Would you just go a few more feet? Just just go just a little bit deeper, please, and just see. Just just give it one last shot. And so, you know. He knows he's the expert, but he asks him. And so the guy goes, okay, I'll I'll give it one more shot. And he goes back, lets his crew know, and they start drilling. They drill four inches deeper, four inches, and they hit an underground river, a water reserve that is under the ground, deep under the ground that supplies water for this guy for the rest of his life. Here's what I want to be today for you. I want to be the guy as your pastor that says, will you go a little bit deeper? Because because what if you're suddenly is four inches away? What if it's just right there? And let me just say this. That's where we need to live. That's where our faith needs to be. It may take five years, but I'm going to live like it could be today, like it could be tomorrow, like it could be any moment. And I'm going to continue to dig. I'm going to continue to do what God's asking me to do. I'm going to get in his word. I'm going to stand on his word, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to worship even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to ask God, and I'm going to continue to ask God. I'm going to incline my ear and slow down my pace to hear what he wants to say. And when I've done everything I know to do to stand, I'm going to therefore keep standing. I'm going to keep doing it. I will not let go. I will not relent. I will not stop. I believe my God is faithful. And I believe if he did it for anyone, he'll do it for me and he'll do it for you. Can I get an amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I pray that your faith has been ignited today. I pray that you are seeing through this process, maybe God's showing you something that he wants to stir up in you, something he wants to change, something that is that secret thing that you've been waiting for, that you've been looking for that helps to suddenly take place in your life. I'm, I'm saying, God, speak to our church today. As a church, Lord, we take the position right now where we say we are asking for wisdom. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to reveal your truth to us. The truth sets us free and we ask you for the truth that you have For every situation in this room, Lord, reveal your heart. Help us have a God-hearing heart, a God-listening heart. Help us know you better than before. I pray as we begin to exercise and practice these things practically, as we worship, Lord, that you would cover us with your righteousness, that you would cover us and protect us from the attacks of the enemy. As we ask that you would reveal your will to us in a greater way, as we incline that you would speak to us and show us what to do. And as we stand, we would recognize that we do not stand alone. We stand with our God right beside us. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know God, you heard me talk earlier that the promise of salvation is available to all. Jesus died on the cross for every person. But in order for you to receive it, you have to call upon the name of the Lord. And maybe today you would say, I've never done that. I've never called on the name of the Lord. I've never made Jesus my Lord. Or maybe you would say today, I've done that, but I know today I'm not where I should be with the Lord and I want to get right. If that's you today, I want to pray with you and, and as a church, we want to pray with you. So, so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to repeat after me. And church, since you're all in agreement with this prayer, I want you to pray it and I want you to say it loud and proud. Say, Father God, Father God thank, you thank you for sending Jesus, for sending Jesus to, die to die on the cross for, God, for me. I confess I'm a sinner. And I know Jesus died for me. And I know Jesus rose so I could be raised to new life through him. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my all. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. Be my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him a hand come on, we can celebrate a little louder than that, can't we? If you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. And, And we'd love to put something in your hands. We actually have a book that we'd like to give to you this morning. So before you leave today, I want you to let somebody know, maybe it's somebody sitting beside you. That you know that maybe brought you here, or if not, our altar ministry team is going to be up here. In fact, altar ministry team, you can come up at this time. They'll be up here at the end of the service. And, and if you just come up to them and say, Hey, I prayed that prayer to either commit my life to Jesus or to recommit my life to Jesus. In fact, all you have to say is, all you have to say is this: I prayed that prayer and I really meant it. And they know what to do. They'll give you a book. And uh, we're not going to do anything weird. We just want to help you out. Maybe you're here today and you have a prayer need of some kind. Whatever it is, we say a new song. If it matters to you, help me out, church, it matters to God. And so since it matters to God, it matters to his church. And we'd love to join our faith with you in whatever it is you're believing for. Maybe you're believing for healing. Maybe you're believing for uh, direction. Maybe you're believing God for breakthrough. Maybe you're believing for a suddenly we'd love to. To pray with you. Don't leave today with a burden. If you came in today with a burden, don't leave with it. Leave it here at the foot of the cross with Jesus and let us pray with you. Church, would you stand with me? We're going to go into a time of worship. And I know, I know how it is. I know right now you're kind of checking out. I'm, you're like me, you know, we parked the car, time to go. I'm going to get to Sizzler, you know, or we're going to go drink our shake. If you're on a fast, eat my cucumber or whatever it is. <laughs> but I encourage you, don't check out yet. Okay, Leave your stuff, just take a minute. Because again, what if this is the moment in church where we, go to, we call you to worship? And I know sometimes we're checked out, but what if this is the moment? Yeah. Like what if, what if this is the four inches? Yeah. Worship right now. What if this is it? Yeah. You worship right now. And there's a garment that's gonna cover you. That's gonna change everything. Do you believe that? Yeah. Let's worship the Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you Glory. We expect you to show up in this moment. You're a good God, a faithful God. You're a suddenly God, and we trust you. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today that needs prayer for anything, that you would help them to step out in faith to receive what you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.